Hey everyone, it's Beverly Hallberg. Welcome to a special pop-up episode of She Thinks, your favorite podcast from the Independent Women's Forum where we talk with women and sometimes men about the policy issues that impact you and the people you care about most. Enjoy. everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock, the director of the Center for Progress and Innovation at the Independent Women's Forum. I'll be hosting this week's pop-up podcast, and I'm really, really excited to be joined today by Laura Fuentes, who is a good friend of mine. Uh, We share a lot in common, and particularly the subject that we're going to be talking about today, which is school lunches, cooking for your kids, sort of the uh, basic responsibilities of parenting and nutrition and how kids learn good habits. So Laura is the founder of Momables. Um, She helps parents organize and develop simple, healthy meals and meal plans. Um, She also developed something called the Family Kickstart Program, which helps parents become more confident in the kitchen. That actually is a a huge problem for parents. I think they feel like they need to sort of, you know, create these massive meals or something really complicated when children really demand very simple meals. So she has this great program called the Kickstart Program. I urge everyone to look into it. Um, She also does recipe videos on her YouTube channel. Again, these are not, um, you know, this is, this is, these are not incredibly complicated, you know, four course meals. These are very approachable meals that, um, that are healthy. Kids love them. And she's also really clever in how she plates things and presents things. Um, uh, She, uh, I, She's also the author of five five cookbooks. I have my well-dog-eared and slightly stained copy of uh, her cookbook, The Best Homemade Kids' Lunches on the Planet. My, my kids will uh, confirm that. They love the meals that I make out of this cookbook. Um, this is the coolest thing. She is a super celebrity. She's been, um, she's competed and won on one of the Food Network's um, uh, cooking comp- competitions. We can talk about that. She's appeared on Today, Good Morning America, many other media outlets. Um, she is the wife and mother, I should say the most important thing, she is the wife and mother of three kids, um, or she is a wife and a mother of three kids. She is not mothering her husband. So um, they have a great media company. She and her husband work together, and they live um, outside of New Orleans. So, Laura, it's great, it's great to have you on. I'm so excited to be back and chat with you over a topic that you and I originally connected about. Um, actually, I think it was because you pointed out the name of my company, Mama Bowls, and you're like, that's so yeah. clever. And I'm like, I just want to empower parents to, to feed their children better, to know that they are doing a good job. And like you said in yeah. my intro, like kids really don't require that much. And so they don't. I, I think... They don't. And I think we just overcomplicate. And I also, a lot about is marketing and media and everyone has access to a smartphone. So, you know, with smart ads and everything, no matter where you fall in the income scale, you are just bombarded with this uh, message that you should be doing more. And so it it leaves a lot of parents ill-equipped, mostly mentally and, and lack of confidence whether or not they're doing a good job with their families. And so um, yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you about, you know, uh, an ongoing issue. I feel like, it, you know, until there's some policy change, it will be, continue to be an ongoing issue in this country about who's responsible for feeding our children. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's really critical. I wrote a USA Today piece, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I think one thing that's really important and why I so love what you do is one thing that I write about quite, quite often is this idea of mommy shaming. There's so much of it. And the minute I say mommy shaming, we know exactly what that is, whether it's, you know, yeah, you're, oh, running, yeah. You're, running, yeah, you're getting, you're kind of crazy, but you go through the McDonald's drive-thru and you go to a local park and then you get a bunch of snarky, con- or like you get dirty looks or you post it on Facebook. I had actually had this happen to me years ago and a woman was like, uh, did you actually go to McDonald's and get them food? So we've all experienced that. And look, I, you know, I understand we need to feed our kids nutritional, nutritious food, but sometimes moms need a break. And one of the things that I love about Momables is that it's not, you never sort of lecture people even about like the ingredients that they use. I'm not seeing a lot of, you know, um, you know, make sure you're getting an organic chicken or make sure you're getting never. this kind of, you know, or you never tell women like make sure you scrutinize the labels and so I never said right there I think what you said right there is this idea that women just give up because there's just you have to do so much to be so perfect and spend so much money so you really avoid that and I've always appreciated that oh well thank you it is a uh it really is a continuous problem um as we go on because Chicken is chicken, and so or, or strawberries are strawberries. And the notion that yes. there is research that a lot of parents do not give their children as much fruit as children would benefit from nutritionally because of the fear that if it's not organic, yes. it's not good enough. And so, yes, what does that say about us as a society that you know it continues to raise this thing of like, well, I'm just not doing a good enough job. And so, exactly. um, no matter. Uh, you know, it, it's, food should, is, is a is a luxury. There are certain it's, organic is a luxury. You know uh, that not everybody needs access to or 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 has the money to buy. But fresh food is covered. You know, if you if you receive if you receive food stamps, you can buy or nutritious foods with it. If you are on a tight budget, yeah. you can feed your family the nutritious foods. It, you don't have to buy the all organic, all natural, in the pretty packaging from your health food store. You can go to the big box store and get, you know, uh, their brand and save money that way. The idea is to make smart, smart, financially smart and nutritious decisions for our families. That's absolutely right. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I think that needs to be like if I had a blow, if I had a bullhorn and could scream that. Um, at every school, um, every, you know, at every school pickup line and, um, and, and really try to reassure moms because there is a ton of judgment out there about, about feeding your kids. And as you say, right. the result is people aren't doing it. If you, you and I actually, we co-authored an op-ed many years ago, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the whole point of it was, look, just this school year, try to make your kids lunches more often, right? Because if you look at the data, Correct. I think it's, I think it's a third of the people who, a third of sort of, if you want to say, customers for the school lunch program, are kids who don't get don't qualify for reduced and free reduced price and free meals. Which means we're talking middle class families are actually utilizing a program that's designed for kids who need help getting a, a meal. Now that's that's unfortunate, and I think there's a lot of work to do to encourage people to not use these programs. These programs are bloated, they're mismanaged, and part of the reason they're bloating is you have perfectly capable people 
financially capable people using these programs. I have neighbors. I live in a very nice neighborhood. People, people are, are, you know, this is a middle-class neighborhood. People can make their kids a simple meal, and they don't. And so it always shocks me when I see that. But my latest article in USA Today talks about how um, the school lunch program has actually become an emergency management program under the shutdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, Laura, I'm sure you're dealing yeah. with the shutdown. I'm sure your kid's school was shut down. And what we're seeing now is it was really shocking that in addition to this being a communicable disease problem, um, we were looking, I mean, at least the nation's policymakers were suddenly like, oh, my gosh, are these kids going to starve? Which is the kind of horrible thing when you think about it, that if school is closed, kids starve. Um, So, of course, schools felt compelled to continue the school lunch program despite the schools being closed. To me, that really that really was shocking and it put school officials in danger. We've seen reports. I'm sure you've seen the reports of schools mm-hmm. having to fully close, close because of, uh, you know, the cafeteria workers or the people there passing out the lunches becoming infected. And so I think it really put school officials in danger. If we have this need, we've got to address this and it doesn't need to be through the schools. And so in my USA Today piece, I propose, and I'd like to talk to you about it, um, is that we increase in an emergency, and Congress can do this, you increase SNAP, which is the the new name for food stamps, and other food food assistance programs so that parents can cook their children the meal that they prefer. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. we just abandon these families who need financial help. I'm saying give it directly to the families instead of this third-person arrangement. In my community, kids are getting, like, cheese sandwiches and, like, turkey sandwiches, not hot meals, not meals that really might taste good to them or might even account for their their ethnicities or the food traditions of their families. So talk to me a little bit about that, about my proposal and why you think that's a good idea. Oh, I assume you think that's a good idea. (laughs) I I do believe in (laughs) that. I do think it's a good idea, and I know that's not why you brought me on the podcast to reassure everyone that your idea is great, because I, um, I, I didn't know, I, I, you know, I read your piece, but I am in full agreement, because I will tell you, as somebody who lives outside of New Orleans, we were not only hit, like, during quarantine, we had some of the highest number of cases in the country. We also have wow. a very financially poor school district. And we also have a lot of um, people who do depend on the SNAP program and the school lunch, uh, the school lunches and the school lunch program at our schools. So um, I, I, I was able to uh, talk to some people that um, go to um, their children go to public school, and I asked them about this uh, for a different, you know, a different piece I was um, participating in, and you know. Uh, the level, what I was sort of surprised is a few things. The level of, un, the, the lack of organization uh, of, um, you know, parents would receive, you know, if you're in the public school system here, you would, you are, your phone number is in their system. So um, I think yeah. it was on Mondays or, or Sundays, you would receive a text message where the, with um, the different food pickup locations. So no matter what yeah. school you went to, um, you know, your, you know, Monday could be picked up in a school that's, you know, 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away. And then, and you would pick up uh, food for like, I think it was like two or three days. So you're yeah, basically given your, your bag. Okay. So your bag was filled with food and 
Um, And so at first I was like, okay, well, that's a good idea because it's, it's helping families whose children um, depend on this. You know, we do, we do know that there are many kids in this country that are, that rely on breakfast and lunch. And sometimes if they stay in the after after school program, they do get that afternoon snack from the school system. Right. Uh, So I thought my first thought was like, you know what? It is nice to know that the system has not forgotten about these kids who are now at home and, you know, they, they don't get meals. But then my second thought was, wait a minute, if these children are home and their parents are home, why can't we shift the dollars into probably, you know, if these children are already in the system, the parents are in the school system, why can't we shift the money into a daily allowance yes. uh, for actual, for real food so that, right. um, you know, the $10 a day that it may cost, and I'm just through this number out there, but it could be on average less. Um, you know, you can buy a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, a pound of pasta, and maybe a you know, like a, a bushel of, uh, or, or like a, a you know, of bananas, and that can feed a child right. for like a small child with ten dollars. You can feed for like three or four days nutritionally rich foods that have more nutrition than some of the things that I saw uh, being handed out, such as you know, like if you understand how cafeteria food works. You know, these meals are made in larger facilities in large portions. So they're not equipped yep. to provide families with like single serve, you know, what we think of like, I don't know, like, right. you know, like the, I'm going to say the example of the lean cuisine tray, right? Like it's not a single serve meal. They're being given like a tray of food, maybe like a dozen, right. of, a dozen this, bread rolls. Yeah, this large, think that's largely been cooked somewhere else and it's warmed up at the schools. Totally. So, you know, they're getting like, they're maybe getting like, they're not even getting vegetables or anything. They were like pre-made hamburgers, maybe like the pizza. Yes. Um, they were given where we were, there were some like a bag of apples that you got to take home. So I, there were some things that are here and there, but the reality is that even at the, there is research that even in schools during lunchtime, because this is just mass produced food. The quality well, is slow. And there are many kids who literally throw out the entire tray. So there's yes, so but, much weight. There, there, are, there are things like bags of apples. Being, so at my pickup location, at our school pickup location, and I've read the announcements from my local school, and it's, they say they send multiple sandwiches home, okay? And, they, yes, they may send some sundry items like apples or maybe some canvas, although I sure. haven't seen evidence of canvas, but let's say that. But what if a mom doesn't like apples? Okay. The point is, is that there's also, there's something called a grocery store. Okay. Where people can make choices. And what I find so insulting about this is the idea that poor people, you just give poor people what they get and they don't have any in the matter. And that is insulting. It is condescending. It is paternalistic and it is damaging also to their culture. If we are going to start appreciating cultures more, then maybe we should yep. appreciate that uh, that a ki- uh, in my family where there's I grew up in the Midwest, so there's casseroles, there's a lot of grilled meats. We sometimes get into you know mixing things up a bit, but there's a pretty standard. You know, we do spaghetti and meatballs, we do a lot of stuff. And, and another child who maybe maybe his family didn't grow up in the Midwest, he grew up somewhere else, and his family has different food traditions. Whether he came from 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 South America. You were born in Spain. I'm sure that you have a lot of a lot of uh, family traditions and cooking traditions that are different from my family. Frankly, my kids would probably rather live with you. But the point is, is that um, is, is, is that it is so it is so wrong to to suggest that poor people don't also deserve choices. 
And when we look Correct. at the research, and I've done a tremendous amount of research onto childhood, into childhood obesity and child health, the, there are three factors, only three factors, that help kids stay at a, a healthy weight, okay? They are putting your kids to bed at a, at a normal hour, okay? And yep. I, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 8, 9, eight, nine o'clock, 7 o'clock for younger kids, right? Or my, Sleep, my kids yeah. stay up a little late now, but I have older kids. And, um, and limiting their screen time. These things are all very commonsensical. And the last one is eating dinner as a family three to five times a week, okay? Yep. The point being that, but that feeding your children from you, you know, the, the American Heart Association, the, the, American, the, the Academy of Pediatrics, they all recommend cooking for your kids. This isn't just some like, oh, you know, you know, big government's bad kind of ranting from some loony libertarian. This is, this is the, the evidence from the medical community um, that studies child welfare and child health saying, look, cooking is good for kids. And yet we have, a, we have policies, well-meaning, I'm not saying, you know, this is some evil, evil scheme, well-meaning policies that, that actually discourage families from doing this, right? And then when it extends into Absolutely. like these emergency, man, emergency management school lunch programs, even we're talking about people being in lockdown and for better or worse, people are home. At that point, at the very least, institute some sort of emergency funding into these programs that they are already getting into this funding that they are already getting so that they have more choices. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it, what's unfortunate is uh, during the COVID shutdowns was the ideal time to give people more choices and, and, yeah. and the ability to for their families. And you didn't even see it then. You saw the exact same relying on yep. the school to distribute food. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's interesting is that, the reality is that these parents, no matter no matter the finance, where you fall in the financial scale, you everyone has to go to the grocery store, right? Even <laughs> if you rely, no matter, even if you rely on the uh, the school lunch program, you know, for breakfast and snacks for your child, because you fall into a lower income, you are still going to the grocery store for milk and for bread and for rice or whatever yeah, it is I, that you yeah. have these choices. And so when you uh, you know, this, like you said, this would have been a perfect opportunity to shift those dollars from these programs into people, into these families' pockets so that they would have maybe an extra $30 a week to, or, or and, and people are like, oh, only $30, but you can get a lot of food for $30 to feed a single it, child, it, it, right? Because we're only supporting the it, child. So they, well, it's, it's not just it the money, but it doesn't even have to match this. It doesn't have to be a direct match. Look, We've seen money. Right, but people always out. say, oh, it's going to cost. Right, but the, if you directly match the, the amount, then you're not, you eliminate the argument of it's going to cost more. You're right. So when you, you're right. when you eliminate that argument, what we're really talking about is eliminating the responsibility of taking care yes. of a child that you brought into yes. this world from a parent. And so, therefore, you are letting somebody else make the decision about what's best for your child. Okay, so again, all again, things it, aside, it, all right, all again, things aside, again, so, parents can do this. It is so paternalistic, also, to suggest it's hard. I mean, 
I remember in our in the op ed the joint op ed we wrote, we were like, okay, are you are you actually going to insult someone by saying it's hard to slap a piece of turkey in between two pieces of bread and hand a kid an apple? Okay, these are not hard things. Okay, and that's why you know I love you as a guest because you don't just talk about this stuff. You help parents do this. I mean, you are you actually are helping parents do exactly this. So I want to take a few minutes to sort of shift pivot a little bit away from policy, but it's still very germane to the conversation we're having. Tell us a little bit about these kits. Tell us about the philosophy of Mommables, why you think this is so important, and why also, you know, I think it's really uh, a kind of, it's, um, it's, it tends to be even these, mo- these other mommy bloggers and, and, and other, you know, food people, they so easily slip into, you know, telling people they have to have fancy ingredients or telling them they have to do a 27-step program to make a casserole. Um, Tell us why you have kept your philosophy so so good for parents and making simple, easy-to-understand preparation and organizing and prep for kids. Well, thank you. Uh, One thing I want to say is that, you know, I wouldn't be still, still be standing for the last 10 years if my messaging wasn't at the end of the day, relatable and empowering to parents, because I feel like if, like you just said, it slap, putting some turkey and cheese between two slices of bread and an apple or a banana or whatever it is that your child may eat or, or, or maybe some veggies instead, is not, does not make you less of a parent than someone that makes a beautifully prepared, photo-worthy uh, lunch for a child. The idea is the effort of having the responsibility of a parent uh, what I, of I'm making your food. And, I'm, and, you know, we need to model to our children what's expected out of life. So if we want them to make a choice of eating a sandwich at the age of, you know, 18 in college and eat healthy versus junk food every day, then it all starts at home. And what I'm saying is don't you know, to focus on the things that you can do. If all you can do, because you've been trying to hold it together during quarantine by, you know, juggling your kids and working from home and you, maybe you're a single parent or your spouse is working odd hours too during this, you know, stressful time. If all you can do is boil spaghetti, throw some spaghetti sauce on top and maybe brown some meat or a rotisserie chicken. Yeah, that's great. Okay, that is great. You know, it's way, it's, it's more, it's more affordable and less expensive than, you know, ordering something to be delivered to your door. So what I, like, I, it's just, it's it's unfathomable to me, the, oh, it's not fancy enough. And it doesn't look like the photos I see on the internet or what I see on television, as opposed to what is wrong, you know, with the meat and potatoes or rotisserie chicken and some rice on the side. Like there's plenty of nice, and I do this for a living, that my family eats a rotisserie chicken and some rice and some steamed broccoli. And that is like the simplest of simplest things. And I show that on the internet to other parents to say, hey, you have permission. No one, you have permission to make the simplest of foods. And yet at the same time, it's so... uh, it's not about what food you feed your family, but it's about the fact that you are making that effort to show your it. children. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, that is the know, philosophy it, that I've been preaching of the responsibility of feeding a family is to 
the family. And until we continue to push that messaging and people actually believe it, then policy is never going to change because people are supporting the government taking care of people as opposed to people taking care of people. One other thing, and, and I want to stress this as well. I, I, I love your videos and everyone. I, and at the end of this, I want everyone to hear how to, to find you. Uh, and I really urge people to watch uh, Laura's videos. I really learn by watching people. Often, I, I mean, I love recipes. I read cookbooks back, uh, you know, cover to cover, but I love videos. And Laura has really good ones. But it's inter one thing that we haven't talked about and just to briefly touch on is in your videos, your kids appear sometimes, and they're so cute. And they, they help maybe with a, a little bit of the cooking or they'll be commenting. And, um, and I think one thing that is that – you know, sort of the, the, the school lunch advocates never talk about is when I cook for my kids, my kids are usually in the kitchen with me or they're running around. They can see what I'm doing, right? And, right. you know, and, they, and they're curious. So my kids now each know how to fry an egg, you know, um, over easy. They know how to make simple scrambled eggs and omelets. They know how to do simple things here and there with food. And they can each make a simple dinner for, 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 uh, for themselves. And I think that's so critical. Um, I read a book, uh, a, a couple, I actually reviewed a book by Julie Lifecott Hames uh, called How to, be, how, to be a, how, to raise a, how to Raise an Adult. And that's what we're really doing mm -hmm. here. We forget that we are actually raising future adults who are going to have to talk, have to take care of themselves. She was a, yes. a, a dean of students at a, at, a, at a university, and she noticed this downward trend in, in sort of um, the social abilities and, and all abilities of these kids coming into the college. That coupled with tremendous uh, sort of depression and anxiety and other mental health disorders. And she realized that kids would come onto the campus. They didn't know how to change. They didn't know how to do their laundry. They didn't have to co cook simple meals. They were suddenly untethered from their parents with no preparation. Right. And so part of cooking with your kids or cooking around your kids or just cooking in general while they're, while your kids are like, I don't know, watching TV, it doesn't matter, is they see that this is something you need to do. It's a task you need to yes. learn to do. It is, a, it is a tool that will help you function in the world. Um, so th this, that's another important thing. It's, it's that you're teaching people how to, it's, by, learning the, by learning this and learning to make simple meals, ultimately you'll be teaching your ch children just by doing it. Yes. I mean, I tell my girlfriends, I said, you know, if your son who's eight can read Minecraft, you know, can play Minecraft and read what's <laughs> happening in the game, they can read a simple <laughs> recipe from Mamables. And the reason is because I rewrite recipes to the simplest version possible and the simplest steps, because, you know, that is, you know, I do have a lot of parents in my community who, you know, they, they subscribe to their meal plan and then they let their kids, uh, they let their kids cook one night of the week. That's another reason why I include yeah. one video a week there. Every meal plan has at least one video. And that is often, yeah. I get a lot of emails from parents saying, Hey, thank you. That, you know, that your video recipe of the week is the one that's helping my child, you know, they may be eight, nine, 10, and you know, how to cook because they'll watch your video kids love youtube so they'll they'll click on the recipe video they'll watch it they'll pause it they they chop whatever yep. it is and then they continue on so it is not just you know we don't need to teach our kids just textbooks 
skills, but life skills yeah. and food. Life skills food. is something that we need, right? Like you don't need to drive a car if you live in New York City, but you do need to eat. Right. So, right. Uh, right. So this well, idea and, and is to awesome. help your kids the basics. And as, as all of us have probably learned over the last couple of weeks, or rather months, my God, takeout food can be expensive. My husband and I, we limit it to a once a week because we're feeding, yeah. you know, three kids and they're, and they're boys, they're all yeah. boys and they're growing. And then, you know, we want to get stuff too. So it's really cr- also critical just from a household financial standpoint. I will tell you, Laura, I should videotape at some point. I do let my kids cook and I let them cook with me and I let them cook their own stuff. But if I am going to eat them anything that they eat, I wish you could see the um, scrutiny with which I have over their hand washing before, beforehand as the mother of three boys. I see where those hands go, and I'm really not – I like, basically, if I could put – you know, if I could boil their hands before they touch the, the – I know that's not allowed, uh, but but uh, <laughs> there is a – Yeah, from is, chicken. you got to teach them the basics. Don't touch raw meat, right. <laughs> and they will cook everybody else's food, you know. But it well, is, before, it, what you're the, saying is very important. It's helping your kids become adults. <laughs> it isn't that at the end of the day it what is. we want for our kids in a society, true. right? For people yeah. to think yeah. for themselves. And and that yeah. is taught at home. And when you yeah. and it comes down to just even when, you know, like what we were we really originally started talking about, which is letting the school system decide what are, you know, these sandwiches and things that people took home. You eliminated that decision making from a parent and a child of what's yeah. best for their household. And therefore, it is a never-ending cycle. And so that is why, you know, you work really hard on the policy side, and I work hard on the home front, right, to equip these parents with the confidence to know that, you know, something as basic as a rotisserie chicken or ground meat or ground turkey, it can be nutritious, right? And then the how is how you fix, you know, the know-how is how you fix the system. Well, we also need to remember that there has never been a time in the history of the world where it is easier to prepare simple meals, and yet there has never been a time where the public is told how hard it is than, than today. So it is absolutely ridiculous, and I appreciate that you are trying to fix those scattered messages because it's not true. It's very easy to no. do, a parent should do this. I want, I want to take a moment just to read really quickly from your book, which, again, I, I think is the uh, best homemade kids' lunches on the planet. And it says, making lunches for your kids, uh, your kids will love with more than 200 deliciously nutritious meal ideas. But I want to say, look, I've seen a lot. I, I have a lot of kids, um, kids, not a lot, but I have a few kids' cookbooks, but none are better than Laura's. She has things in here. And let me tell you, when you tell your kids that they're getting the Ninja Turtle grilled cheese or the grilled leprechaun, I, I've dogged with these favorites, um, the skinny Elvis, the elephant sandwich. Uh, oh, my gosh, one of our favorites is the spaghetti cupcakes. Um, actually, um, uh, well, there's, there's some more. I can't, I can't read them all. But so, I mean, that is fun for kids. But I also want to say in the back of the book, what I love is that there's actually meal planning tips 101. And she actually has simple meal plans, which actually with page numbers, um, you know, and also with some suggestions, this would be good, with, you know, with this lunch or that lunch. Um, it, it's tremendously helpful. Again, there's a reference that there's just so much in this book. I really recommend it. Laura, why don't you tell people all of all the places they can find you? 
Well, the best place uh, to find me is online. You can either Google my name, Laura Fuentes, or Momables, like Momables. And, um, you know, no matter where you find me, I would be thrilled at the opportunity to teach you or your kids to follow along on video or by recipes, on, you know, to develop these simple skills. Um, you know, what's funny, Julie, that you mentioned about my book is that that was my first cookbook. And what's great yeah. is that even, I think, seven years later, my philosophy still hasn't changed. And I think what's right. really important is when you focus on the basics of what, you know, of the basic human needs and the basic goals for people, which is to, you know, like our kids to become adults, you know, they can take care of themselves. You, you always stand in the right path. You're always on the right path. And so my cookbook that you have on your hand, which is a, a, a favorite, it's, it's a great seller year after year, um, it's still relevant, right? Because it's not, quote, on right. trend. It is because it's what's right. good for, for normal families that want the best for their kids. And I think we all set out to be parents wanting the best for our kids. So anywhere you want to find me online, I would be thrilled, you know, to help you like cook along with me or learn a new recipe, um, learn how to eliminate processed foods and sugars, just really depending, depends on what your yeah. meal goals are. I'm there for you. Well, Laura's also on Twitter. Give them your Twitter. You're at, at Momables. Is that at Momables? And then at, at Momables, Laura at Laura S. Fuentes. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And she uh, posts daily rescues there sometimes i'm feeling particularly uh uninspired and then i'll look at her feed and <sighs> find something fun to make um laura look i really appreciate you coming on here um it's so often when i interview someone um you know there, there's a lot of policy talk and not always a lot of practical talk and this gave people both um not just thank you uh, you know, a, a snapshot of the policy and, and really what we're working against, a culture where it's acceptable not to feed your kids, not to prepare food for your kids, um, and, and how the federal government, state governments are really perpetuating that and encouraging that. That is a massive problem, particularly when the evidence shows yeah. that kids stay healthy when their parents are involved in their nutritional development. But I also appreciate that you are actually helping people with the with the with the with advice on how to actually do it and that is a yes. real rare treat to talk to someone who understands the policy and is actually working to solve to solve the problem so i'm really well, thrilled that you. you came on with us with us today um and i hope you'll come back i will i do too thank you so much for having me on we hope you take away something new from today's conversation. And if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks or like the podcast in general, we'd love it if you could take a moment to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure our message reaches as many Americans as possible. Share this episode and let your friends know that they can find more She Thinks episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here, you're in control. I think you think she thinks.